Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Welcome to Off The Bench. Welcome to Off The Bench. Bright and early on your Saturday morning, Carl Langdon and Paul Hazelby with you today. Friday night footy done and dusted. Coming up in this show, we're going to have a chat to John Longmire. Mark Lacroix is going to join us for a couple of minutes. Looking forward to the show, Hayes. How oh, are you, mate? I'm going very well, mate. Just loving it. Can't wait for Sunday. Richmond taking on West Coast. This will be the match of the round. Such a big issue week when it comes to the AFL with the Kurnow brothers, with the scenario around the AFL appealing that situation. Brendan Bolton only getting a warning after making contact to officials as Alistair Clarkson did around the ball-ups and throw-ins and the message went out to the umpires. And you know what? This is on the back of Stephen Hawking saying to us, saying to us only the week before that they weren't going to make any changes until October of each year. We were just going to let things roll along. Well, all of a sudden, in the space of one week, Hayes, it took one week to make a change on the run. You reckon it's a change, though? I think it's just a change or a tightening of interpretation. I don't mind that because I know how players and umpires sometimes go and you just need to bring it back to how it's supposed to be officiated. But all we ever ask as a fan, as a player, as a coach, is consistency. Right now, we don't have that across the competition, given the umpire-touching events of the last two weeks. So let's hope they get that right. It's not the match review officer's fault. I think he's doing a pretty good job. But there's just inconsistency between him and also the tribunal, and then with the appeal, the AFL. The same thing, Hayes, in my uh, opinion, around the October changes. I think any changes that you're going to integrate into the game must be done in October. I don't think you need to be doing it on the run. So that particular situation of where the ball is thrown up, they throw it in reverse, and you then have the situation around the ground where they've got to identify the two ruckmen, right? I just feel that they should have let it keep going till the end of the year because that's what's been in place up until round eight. Now we're going to have a situation. You watch. There'll be problems. There will be problems probably... For the rest of this weekend, I reckon. Yeah, but the alternative to that, particularly with the ball up, it's taking 14 seconds. Is that ideal? Do we want to speed the game up a bit so that we don't have all that congestion? No doubt there'll be some free kicks paid this weekend for exactly that. We don't determine who the two ruckmen are. The other one will be the blocking from defenders. There'll be a couple of free kicks and that will then set the tone for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what actually transpires there. Uh, just going back to uh, the Kerno scenario. Now, for the Kerno boys uh, to actually one get on and uh, the other one get off, uh, not surprised in the end given the severity of uh, the the one that Hawkins got the week before. The precedent was sort of set there and you couldn't really see them go in any other way other than if they change the rules. Do, do you advocate in the AFL now, on the back of what's transpired this week, with this situation, do you believe that there should be a change to the rules to make sure that if there is any contact like that, particularly deliberate contact where there's communication prior, whether you're showing a bloke how you were trying to do something or not, do you reckon they should change the rules to make sure that that sort of stuff is out for good? Draw a line in the sand and say any umpire contact in that situation should be worth at least a week's penalty. We're always going to have players running into umpires because there's a lot going on, but but when there's a stop situation like there was on the weekend where there is contact made, it's pretty simple. Just give them one week, and I'm pretty 
confident, not as confident as I was last week, because you'd think that the players would all see what happened to Tom Hawkins and not touch an umpire, but we had three do it on the weekend. But if they continually get a week, I'm pretty sure that they will stop doing it. Now, what is uh, your view about uh, the AFL going to China? Yeah, look, I don't mind the AFL going to China, provided they do it for a while and they actually make it work. You've been on overseas trips. I've been on overseas trips. I went to South Africa. I went to London for a couple of games. You've got to stick with the market for 10 years, if that's what you're going to pile the money into, to make it work and to actually get some money coming back the other way. Try and turn them into fans of our game. And you've been a big advocate that that needs to be done at school level, and I agree with you. They look like they'll sell this one out. But if they're only planning to go there for two years, I'd say... Stop wasting your money. Spend it on grassroots footy. If it's for five to ten years, let's give it a chance. One fifteen. Now that game gets underway today at uh, Zhang Wang Stadium. Hey, so I'm looking forward to that. It's called actually called Adelaide Arena, which is nice, isn't it? Given that Port Adelaide are playing there. But uh, look, I'm one that uh, is a sceptic. Unless we can actually expand and get uh, more money uh, and integrate more into that sort of environment. Now China is a huge economy, and if we can some way, shape, or form filtrate more into that and get in to uh, the financial system and get more of that money into our game. I think that is uh, certainly, and I know it is, a major focus of the AFL. On the other side of this, we'll come back here from off the bench in the break and we'll have a real look at uh, the dig. I just wonder what uh, we can come up with this morning. Stay with us. You're listening to Off the Bench. Welcome back to Off the Bench here on your Saturday morning and the dig. Dial before you dig the essential first step. Now, Hayes... I want to have a go at a few blokes this morning. There's a lot of secret meetings going on. Now, Mm -hmm. there's always meetings in AFL and sport in general around this country. That is just the way that it is. But the meetings with Alistair Clarkson and Gillan McLaughlin, there's a meeting yesterday between James Hurd and Gil McLaughlin, and you've got the scenario of where Brendan Bolton rings Stephen Hawking. Now... For me, a lot of this sort of stuff has to stop. You can't have club officials ringing heads of the fish, even though they may have a personal relationship with them. I don't think you can have these people calling the heads of the fish and not go through the proper channels. We've got an AFL committee now that's been set up, 12-people panel, which includes those two blokes, uh, Gil McLaughlin and Steve Hocking, and basically... All of these blokes who think that they've got something or an agenda to push of their own or a personal circumstance, as in Bolton's case, that they can get around it by going to those people. I thought it was a very bad look for the AFL. Now, leadership's about empowering people in positions. Now, I know the AFL's lost a couple of key people over the last year and a half through whatever reason, but I just thought it undermined a lot of people that work for the AFL that should have had those conversations with the coaches. He should have gone to Steve Hocking, had that discussion, and then go from there. But for Gil McLaughlin to take the meeting... For first and foremost, and then to almost instantly implement what was said was not a great look because we're just going to have a situation where everybody's now going to go to Gil McLaughlin with any issue and then you don't get the proper channels of communication happening within the AFL or any business for that matter. I think that's the most important thing. Then we had the scenario, and look, I don't reckon the players would have been consulted in this change that happened this week around the the umpires moving out and that sort of thing. Did you 
Did you like what Patrick Dangerfield had to say, given he's president of the AFL Players Association? Did you like what he had to say around the uh, the umpire contact case this week? Because he was very public and straight away he was pigeonholed because he's in that position. He was. I love the, his ability to speak up on most things, but he has to be careful of which hat he's wearing. His teammate, Tom Hawkins, just got a week and I felt that he was almost representing Geelong and his teammate in that scenario because he's basically put in two other players from another club. Now, if he's got the hat on from the AFL Players Association, well, I wouldn't be happy with that. So he just has to be careful in all the roles that he does take on. But you do want to encourage them to continue to have a say. Otherwise, we get robots. And me and you interview people on our show all the time. There's a lot of robots where they just get on. They give us the stock standard lines. We don't want to take that away. But I think the AFL must also look at the criticism of their own tribunal. Maybe there should be more respect to the tribunal, more respect to the umpires as well, as we see in some of those other sports. Look, I think it's always got to be independent. I think there's no doubt about that. So I don't want to dig at them. But what I what I am concerned about is when you've got Dangerfield and when you've got Hocking and when you've got Gillan McLaughlin and when you've got all of a sudden this orchestrated change. Well, I mean, these meetings took place last weekend and in the space of a few days, we've already got some changes happening. Like, it's not right, mate. I don't reckon that any of those 12 people who are supposed to be making the decisions about, around the future of the game would have been consulted. Do you reckon Do you reckon Steve Hocking got on the phone to Eddie Maguire and Patrick Dangerfield as being a, a president of a football club and an administrator? And there's a few other very well-credentialed administrators, including Craig Vozzo here at the West Coast. Do you reckon any of them would have been consulted around these changes that they've made just this week? Absolutely not. It should be one all in, all in. If they're going to have this group of 12, they all need to be consulted. My dig, Carl, is about football clubs telling lies. And we saw the Adelaide Crows this week in regards to their injuries. They didn't give much information, Don Pike and a few of their assistant coaches, only to come out later in the week. Just be honest and upfront about injuries. I think the fans who pay a lot of money deserve to get the truth. Well, speaking about that, our next guest here this morning on Off the Bench is John Longmire. Uh, he said earlier in the week that Buddy Franklin wasn't playing. And then all of a sudden, ho, ho, can you believe it? He's named. Uh, we'll have a chat to him next. The dig, don't dig yourself into a hole, lodge a free dial before you dig inquiry. You're listening to Off the Bench. Welcome back to Off the Bench. John Longmire joins us this morning. Welcome, horse. G'day, Carl. Paul, how are you? Now, what's going on, mate? You're doing beautifully away from home. You just can't win one at the SCG. No, that's right. Just, um, you know, we had a we probably had one of our better wins against CWS earlier in the year at the SCG. That you know, was probably one of the best games we've played, but. Um, we got rolled by two points against the Kangas and um, and lost against Port and Adelaide. And Adelaide was only by a kick as well. So uh, we've been close, but just haven't got the job done the last couple of times. Now, Horse, can we believe everything that you say? Because early in the week, you said <laughs> Buddy Franklin was out. He's been named in. Does he play? Uh, yeah, that's the plan. I was, uh, he was ruled out on Monday. You know, uh, our medical guys ruled him out Monday. and uh, He went and had a scan on Tuesday. Um, it was a lot better than what they expected. Uh, he felt better Tuesday afternoon, felt really good Wednesday. And they said, well, uh, come and saw me and said, well, we, we expect him to try and train and uh, a Thursday training session. So uh, that's what the expectation was. It's there he goes. He trained, he trained well. So he's named, he's in, even though he's ruled out on Monday. Worked that out. Yeah. Did you have to go and talk to the young Ben Ronk just to ask him whether it was okay if Buddy Franklin entered his Ford 50 <laughs> again? Because he was fantastic on Friday night. That was one of the highlights of the year. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, look, he's um, 
you know, he, it was a great game from him. I mean, there's no denying that. I mean, he laid plenty of pressure. He kicked goals. He was um, he was fantastic. So, um, you know, we, it's a high expectation he set for himself. But, um, yeah, as long as he lays pressure in our forward 50, that's all right. Mate, you have uh, deserved all the accolades that have come your way for a while now. And as a club, uh, which doesn't only involve the senior coach as a club, and you've got a group of people that you empower, to stay where you have in the competition, and that's at the top end of the table. Uh, how, do you, how do you do it, mate? Uh, oh, it's hard. It's very difficult. It's not easy. And um, you know, it's, after six weeks last year, we weren't sitting in too good a spot. So it's sort of, um, you know, it's, it's a very fine line. Uh, and we appreciate that more than anyone. It's it's such a fine line um, between success and failure. Um, last week was an example of that. The week before was an example of that. We're on the other side of it. So um, it's to, so tough. We just try and, try and do the best we can. We make plenty of mistakes like everyone else. And, um, and hopefully by the end of the year, we've got our head above water. What's your strategy around your rookie list selections as a club? Because you've got it right, and many clubs do, but do you go for players that you think are ready, or when you do have your draft, is it the next best that you've got in the list? Because you've had a lot of success in that area. Yeah, we've been fortunate that probably half our team's made up of players that sat on their rookie list, and um, that's been consistent over the last few years. And and um, they've been very important players for us. Uh, Nick Smith plays his 200th this week, um, started on a rookie list. Uh, Heath Grundy, those guys, Jake Lloyd, uh, Dane Ramsey, all those guys started on rookie list. So we um, we have had a, a good run at it. Uh, fortunately, we just it's a combination of, of needs at that point in the draft. What do we need? Bronx, an example of that. We needed another small forward to help out Papley as well. Um, he was a need, but also we thought the best player for that particular role. So um, if they're competitors, competitors, that certainly helps. You take on the Fremantle Dockers, and they've been in some pretty good form themselves. And given your record at home this week, I reckon it's a game you'd be striving to win. But their midfield is as good as any going around at the moment, particularly Nat Fife playing some good footy. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, the Fife Sanderlands, um, Neil Mundy combination through there is just um, as good as there is in the competition. You can't deny that. There is uh, the, the very top of their game. They get a couple of handies in, handy ins this week, and Walters and Wilson. So they're sort of. Um, you know, they've been strengthened even further. And uh, they're a very good team and got a really good spread of young kids coming through now too. They've um, you know, got some beauties coming through that are really playing key roles for them. So they've got a good mix. Hasn't Callum Sinclair stepped up? I mean, he's going to be up against a man mountain this week. But overall, you'd have to be really pleased with what he's produced so far up to this point. Yeah, he's got a reasonable task this week, hasn't he? He's, yeah. uh, you know, it's a big job again against Aaron, but um, look, he, he's been good for us. I mean, when we when we lost two Ruckman for the start of the season, as in um, as in Kurt Tippett and and uh, Sam Naismith uh, before round one, you, you know, there's a big responsibility falls on him. Um, another Western Australian, Darcy Cameron's been playing quite well for us in our reserves, a, a Ruckman, but um, Callum's been going well. Um, it's a challenge for him every week, and and it seems to get bigger and bigger, and it gets bigger and literally this week with this big sandland. So you have a big, big task this week. Thanks very much for joining us, mate. Appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, guys. Coming up, Tourism WA Sports Wrap. Book your Optus AFL package now. You're listening to Off the Bench. Welcome back to Off the Bench for Tourism WA Sports Wrap now coming at your way. You can book your Optus Stadium AFL package right now. And joining us this morning is Mark Lecrae ahead of the big game tomorrow against the Sydney Swans. G'day, Lecker. How are you? I'm going good, guys. How are you? Well, we're going all right. Um, what about your team? Last week we spoke to you. Just got off the kite. You're in your hotel room. You'd already fed yourself. And 
seven in a row. Your club hasn't done that since 2011. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it is, it's been a good little run at the moment. Um, the challenge now for us is to um, try and keep it going. Um, we've got probably the biggest challenge in footy um, coming up this weekend, so it's exciting. We get to test ourselves against the best and um, do it at home as well, so hopefully we get some good support out there. Seven in a row, Lekker, and I now understand why you guys are doing so well this year. Taking it back to the basics, tell us a bit more about Simon Says at training. Oh, yeah, that's uh, Adrian Hickmott's favourite game, so um, he gets us playing Simon Says um, just with a few drills, and um, if we don't pick it up quickly, you know, the punishment's a couple of quick push-ups, um, you know, making sure our communication's up as well at the start of training, so... Um, it's a it's a good little drill that he takes pre-training to make sure that you know the enthusiasm's up and about. Is there any one player that's just a little bit slow on the uptake? Brad Shepherd is Brad shocking Shepherd. at it. Yeah, he <laughs> he's, I know, he wears glasses. He's got bad eyesight, but I don't know what's going on with his ears as well, mate. He must he needs to get them cleaned out. I think get the old candle wax out. Who we got, Tiger? That's it. You're done. That's it. That's as easy. That's all as it I need is. to know. Right, eh? Are you sure? Yep. Okay. Thanks very much for joining us tonight. Appreciate it and good luck. Will do, guys. Thanks for having me. Mark LaCroix there. Now let's get into the rest of the games. Hayes coming up this weekend. Bit of other sport bubbling around as well. Chelsea and Man U tomorrow in the FA Cup final. And uh, I see that the young tennis player, Alex Dimonur, has been handed a wild card into the French Open. Let's get into the footy. Yes, Port Adelaide taking on Gold Coast. I'm going to go with Port Adelaide in this one. I think you'd be the same. Yes, absolutely. The Bombers and the Cats. Look, I think the Bombers will show something. A lot of youth, they need it, but the Cats are going pretty well. I'm going to tip the Cats. Me too. Sydney taking on Fremantle. I wouldn't surprise if Fremantle cause an upset here, but I'll stick with the Sydney Swans with Buddy Franklin and the team. Sydney for me, mate. They'll, they'll smash them, I reckon. Tough game, this one. The Saints taking on Collingwood. This is a game that Collingwood could drop. The Saints could get their kicking right. I'm going to tip Collingwood. Me too. <laughs> Carlton and the Demons. I think Carlton will be without Ed Kerner. Well, I know that for sure. Charlie will play. I think the Demons are playing some good footy. Mark Murphy back though, so good replacement, but Melbourne for me. Brisbane Lions taking on the Hawks. I think this one's going to be a close one. Luke Hodge takes on his ex-teammates, but I'll stick with the Hawks. Me too. And West Coast taking on the Tigers. Oh, I'm going to go with West Coast by 10 points. Kennedy to kick six. Yeah, well, West Coast, good on me if they win. It'll be eight in a row, but uh, I'm going for Richmond. They'll be the bench Mark team. They're not sitting on the top of the table by chance and they are last year's Premiers and they're playing Premiership football at the moment so uh, looking forward to that. Uh, the other thing uh, that is on tomorrow uh, is the West Coast Fever. Can they keep their winning streak going mm-hmm. to make it four from four uh, against the New South Wales Swifts tomorrow so looking forward to seeing that get underway. Uh, that is all we've got time for here this morning. That is a Tourism WA Sports Wrap. Book your Optus Stadium AFL package at TASA. That's tarza.com.au or Travel and Sports Australia if you want to Google them. tarza.com.au forward slash AFL right here in Perth. We'll see you next it's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.